Welcome to Godable, a daily reading of holy texts known in the unification community as Hundukwe. Today we are reading from True Mother, Hak Jahan Moon, an anthology. Part 1, Section 10, Realizing the True Love Movement Through the Power of Women. This speech was given at the 10th Korea-Japan Women's Bridge of Peace Ceremony, held on April 7, 1994, at Seoul Olympic Stadium in Korea. I would like to extend my sincere congratulations to those of you from Korea and Japan who have put aside the difficult past and through God's true love, have come to this meaningful Bridge of Peace ceremony which marks the beginning of a new era of harmony and cooperation. A movement to inherit true love, true life, and true lineage. If we are to look at the sorrowful history between these two nations, we would first have to find the root cause of humankind's struggle. Humankind's first ancestors, Adam and Eve, were supposed to have become the true parents and the origin of true love, true life, and true lineage. However, they fell, and that is how human beings today, who are the descendants of Adam and Eve, have come to live in the midst of evil and conflict. The conflicts between individuals and nations, as well as conflicts between religions and ideological disputes, are also a result of the fall. God's providence of salvation is to realize the ideal of creation by finding and establishing the true parents. The reason Reverend Sun Myung Moon and I, as the true parents, have been spreading the true love movement is also to achieve reconciliation and unification, which is the purpose of creation. Until now, men did not know the original value of creation, and therefore women were not treated properly and for a long time have had to bear the agony of gender discrimination. Now, for the first time in history, we are ushering in the women's era. Is it possible to have a peaceful world when women who make up half of the human race are being denied their human rights? Therefore, from now on, we have to change this false way of thinking that discriminates against women, and women's role in society has to expand. Institutions in all areas, such as politics, law, economics, and society, that discriminate against women because of their gender must be transformed. This movement pursued by the Women's Federation for World Peace is one that offers true liberation to women. However, it is not solely a movement for women. It is also a movement for men. This is because when we look at the ideal of creation, we see that women were not created to be assistants to men, but rather their equal companions, joining with them to form, as a couple, the complete image of God. Sisterhood for the sake of realizing an ideal world without national borders. Women have the mission to guide men, who have been using their strength and power to breach the order of love until now. Using our maternal instincts and the power of love, we must establish the proper order of love in the family and guide our young people to the right path. As women who have united with true mother, you must raise your children according to the heavenly way. Furthermore, mother and child should cooperate to make husbands whole and ultimately realize an ideal family through this true love movement. That would truly be a movement where true love, true life, and true lineage can be inherited. Through establishing the ideal family, we then have to expand to build the ideal society, nation, and world. It is only through women who have been awakened through true love that a future full of hope for humanity can be conceived of and connected to true parents' tradition. If we look more closely, we will see that this movement is one that will mark an exciting change in the history of the relationship between the two great nations of Korea and Japan. It does not end with the relationships that you have established today, but it will become the model for all humanity to realize an ideal world without borders. I would like to conclude my remarks by hoping that your sincere exchange will become the catalyst to achieving peace in Asia and realizing a peaceful world. Section 11. The 21st Century and the Mission of Women This speech was given at a seminar for women leaders held on October 12, 1994, at the Little Angels Performing Arts Center, now the Universal Arts Center, in Seoul. Women leaders from China and various associations here in Korea, 
and leaders of the Women's Federation for World Peace. It is a great honor for me to speak at this event and encourage women leaders from two nations, Korea and China, who have come together to seek the way to bring a world of peace and to affirm the coming of the global age of women. With the 21st century only a few years away, we stand in a position to experience the upheavals of the 20th century along with a new and different century in our lifetime. This does not mean simply that we will span two centuries. Since the providence that permeates human history is carried out in units of 2,000 years, there is a great significance in concluding the 20th century and preparing for the 21st century. Though history is apt to change, the rate and extent of recent changes have been so wide and unpredictable that we have come to fear change. In the society of the future, in which science and technology will have been developed to a high degree, will humankind find happiness? In the information society of the 21st century, what kind of lifestyle will people lead? How will the pressing problems of humanity that darken our future be resolved? What will be done about such issues as the establishment of a principled morality and new values, crimes, drugs, AIDS and other diseases, war and starvation, and religious conflict? Without finding a fundamental answer, the hopes of humanity for the 21st century will never be realized. We need to address these problems not as problems of individual nations. Instead, we need to address them as those of humanity. The time has come to resolve our problems and bring clarity to our future through the new expression of truth revealed by heaven. On the verge of entering the 21st century, when we examine history, we see that men have been ignorant of the value of women and have not treated women fairly. The women's movement of modern times, which began with the 19th century campaign of Western women to gain suffrage, has continued to develop under the banner of women's liberation. In general, it has been a movement carried out against men to restore women's rights, including the extension of women's rights, gender equality, and the women's labor movement. Therefore, the mainstream of the women's movement generally took the form of opposing men only for the sake of women. The movement I am carrying out through the Women's Federation for World Peace is different from the American women's movement. It is a women's movement not only for women. It is for everyone, carried out on the foundation of the new teaching centered on God's ideal of creation. Chauvinists assert that men are destined naturally to assume the superior position, and men and women are designed for certain roles they are meant to play. Their theory is that men and women are born with different natures and that accordingly their roles also differ. They believe that men and women naturally assume the superior and inferior positions respectively in terms of identity and status, and that men are established as the superior. I believe that feminists until now primarily have been responding to this view. They have tried to secure an equal status with men in all respects by imitating them and assuming the same roles as men. In spite of their efforts, complete gender equity could not be achieved. This was because they did not know the essence of the problem. The fact that the role of women and their inborn nature differ from those of men does not mean that the value of women is less than that of men and that their status is inferior. The unhappiness of women stemmed from not realizing the preciousness of their God-given original nature and role. Problems arose from the fact that many women forgot what they possessed and tried to imitate the nature and role of men as if men were the exemplars for women. My esteemed women leaders, women are the individual embodiments of truth representing one of the two natures of the incorporeal God who possess yin and yang in both external form and internal nature. Therefore, women are not in a competitive relationship with men who represent the other side of God. Women are not the assailants of men. They are interdependent partners who make the world whole. When God created men and women, God established them as ideal counterparts for each other and made it so that they can become one through true love. From the perspective of true love, women are the perfect object partners of the love of men, and, in regard to their value, men and women are absolutely equal. 
The fact that the natures of men and women are different does not pose a problem. Those differences are factors that bring on the stimulation of love. In the original ideal, a man and woman united in true love have the right of equal position and equal status. Moreover, a man and a woman united in true love have the right to participate as equals, and through their love, they can always be together. A man and a woman united in true love have the right of inheritance through which each shares what belongs to the other as the second owner. As you can see, a man and a woman united through God's ideal of true love are created as completely equal beings in terms of value. They have the right of identical standing, mutual ownership, and participation as equals. Therefore, men and women are not in an antagonistic relationship, in which they need to imitate, covet, or somehow acquire the other's nature and role. Instead, they are in a relationship in which they share with one another, by giving what is theirs to the other through true love. Thus each perfects the other and becomes one with the other. My fellow women leaders, women have a precious original nature and affection that God has made unique to us. We also have the central role of bearing and nurturing children and leading our families. Through the self-sacrifice of bearing and nurturing the fruit of love, women continue the clans and generations of the human race. While the external work of mothers is important, the role and responsibility of mothers in nurturing their children to become righteous, cultivating their character even while the children are in the womb, are just as noble. From now, humankind has no choice except to live in an increasingly globalized and pluralized society. In the future world, women will have a noble role in the family unit and in the entire society as well. We could even say that the role of the mother shapes history by bearing, giving birth to, and nurturing the future of humanity. Without this maternal nature, where can the hopes and bright futures of humanity be conceived? Where can good men and women, our future leaders, be born, and from whom can they receive their basic education? Respected women representatives, traditionally history has continued under the leadership of men. Most men have misled humanity using brute force, and they have created conflict and division in irrational societies. Consequently, there is a mountainous pile of historical legacies that need to be dispensed with, as well as many pressing problems. For humanity to usher in the 21st century with hope, the contribution of women is absolutely necessary. Now that the age of women has come together with heavenly fortune, centering on true parents, the women of the world can create a movement of magnanimous true love as part of their lives and make new families and new societies. The trend of internationalization and globalization leads toward the 21st century, when we need to live together as one global family. Extreme individualism and egoism are major deterrents to achieving this goal. Only true love can affect the hearts of the people who are inclined in that direction. Women united with true mother need to raise their children to create the heavenly way through their influence of love and perfect their husband's maturation through mother-child cooperation, thus forming ideal families. This is the movement to inherit the true parents' true love, true life, and true lineage. Through ideal families thus established, we are to construct ideal societies, ideal nations, and an ideal world. I hope you women leaders will become central figures in this movement. To achieve this goal requires the cooperation and international activities of enlightened women from various nations. A time will come when the leaders of nations will realize keenly their international relations and the conditions of this planet's environment. On this basis, they will have no choice except to prioritize the common good of the world above their national interests and to translate this realization into action. I hope that this meeting and exchange of Korean and Chinese women leaders will set an example of women's international cooperation for constructing an ideal world. I encourage cooperation of women leaders from both nations that will serve as a turning point in achieving peace in Asia and the whole world, marking the progress of history toward one world of peace transcending the walls of nationality, race, and religious belief. Thank you so much for listening, and may God's blessings be with you and your families. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode of Godwin. Tune in tomorrow for a reading on Let Us Become the Living Environment of the True Family Ideal.